You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey guys, it's Mike Mowry, your co-host from the other coast, and I am here to tell you a little bit about the Jabberjaw Music Podcast Network. Many of you know most of the shows since we have been talking about them individually over the past few episodes, but I just wanted to draw some attention to the network at large. It's a network that I helped found and am really proud at the assemblance of the great shows that we have there. So please head over to jabberjobmedia.com to check out more and uh, let us know what you think. Appreciate it. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this challenging business called rock and roll. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and I am excited to be here today. As always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and hashtag creator, Mr. Mike Mowry. Yeah, boy, coming at you like a body snatcher. <laughs> uh, in the last episode, we talked about the uh, we talked about our first 29 episodes. We did a little recap on episode 30. Uh, that was a fun episode, so check it out if you haven't already. We, we also riffed a little freestyle, which I, I've gotten some pretty positive feedback. Hey, well, all right. You we'll, know, I think people like you and me uh, <clears throat> dialoguing. Yeah, well. okay. Well, we can get into more of that, I would think. Um, uh, this week, I found a relevant article on Monster.com written by Catherine Conlon titled, Seven Real World Skills to Master Before You Graduate College. Now, just a little side note here, this, this article had nothing to do with music. However, the skill set that she is talking about here, I thought made sense for musicians. And, and I also want to side note this, and I think Mike, you can jump in here, is that as my analogy is, is if you have five guys whose favorite band is Metallica and they start a band, chances are that band's going to sound like Metallica, right? So I, I, I think that my point is, is in music business, I, I feel like it's important to pull from other sources to create your you know, body of, of knowledge and education. So today we're going a little out of the box, but it's all going to make sense when we pull it back in and make it relevant for uh, a musician social skill set, I guess, if you will. Yeah, that's very well put and well thought through. Um, you know, as a guy who has a degree uh, from the University of California, Santa Barbara, uh, behind me on my wall, I will also note that um, I have an honorary degree from Clown College. Uh, <laughs> Because I feel that to, to work in the music business, you got to be able to juggle, and you got to be able to juggle a lot. 
And University of California, UCSB didn't teach me that, but Clown College surely did. <laughs> nice. So. Well, uh, and just a reminder, as usual, we will include all links to the author and the article in the show notes. So, bucket man, let's get mental. So, Mike, uh, anything new in your world? You know, it's fun when we, it's interesting when we, you know, shift our, our uh, recording a little bit, because we just recorded episode 30 um, just the other day, so here we are just a couple of days later, but yeah, lo and behold, a few things have happened, the most interesting of which, or maybe it's not that interesting, for me, was I was supposed to be headed to New York today. Uh, we normally record on Wednesdays, and we were going to try to do this tomorrow, but when I got down to uh, Union Station, which is the main train station in D.C., and, you know, it's nice, I can... Walk to the metro, pop on my metro, take it to Union Station, go right to Penn Station, and literally, you know, it's like a 10-minute walk to, to my first meeting. It's like as easy as it gets, and I'm sitting there. I had to move my train to an earlier one to accommodate one meeting, which sort of sucks, you know? It's like you're spending a little bit of extra money to change, and you go a little earlier. So I'm sitting there on the train just, you know, looking at socials and email and everything, and then it, we're not moving. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> And uh, turns out, you know, so I'm texting with a buddy who always knows everything somehow. I think it's because he's always on Twitter. Uh, he's like, yeah, there was a pedestrian struck, you know, in Baltimore. And so Baltimore's in between D.C. and New York. So I sat there for about another 45 minutes, realized that even if we left that second, I would miss my first meeting, which was the real linchpin of why I was going and said, peace. So hop, did the reverse, hop back on the metro, walk back to my office, and here I am sitting talking to you. Um, <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what about you? Well, uh, you know, in um, in honor of my multiple hat wearing uh, life that I lead, uh, I will be doing this podcast. Then I will be jumping into a, a meeting that is uh, about twenty minutes away. Then I will be rushing back and packing so that I can get on a plane and fly to Sturgis Motorcycle Rally and play a gig with Ozzy Osbourne tonight. <laughs> so. Dude, tonight, <laughs> that is badass. <laughs> Have you been to Sturgis before? This will be the third time that I've played Sturgis. Dude, what what is it like? You just got, I mean, like, from from your perspective, you know, and you've probably hung with the best of the freaking, you know, not to, not to throw shade at, at anybody riding a motorcycle, but you've probably hung with, you know, some, some, some degenerates. Um, <laughs> I mean, fuck, you and I are degenerates more or less, uh, which is why we're talking about college here. Um, but, you know, what is it like? Yeah, what, what's your perspective on it? it what, are you, what are you expecting to roll into today? It, um, it is the most insane thing I've ever done. Like, it's it's awesome. Like, it, it's like playing Sturgis is beyond awesome. So I'll give you a quick perspective and then we'll move on to the... Uh, the episode, but you know, Sturgis is a motorcycle rally for those that don't know. And it's like the biggest in the, the country, maybe even in the world. And bikers descend upon uh, Sturgis, North Dakota, South Dakota. I don't know. It's in a Dakota somewhere. And uh, it's crazy. And it's like a week long or so. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's nuts. But just to give you a perspective. So the first year I played was with Rob Zombie and the opening bands were were a Leonard Skinner cover band and a wet t-shirt contest. (laughs) 
Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sturgis is in, in it's in South Dakota, I, I'm almost sure. And, you know, it's just so, uh, like, this is what I love is you freaking, I mean, it'd be so much different if you were rolling in with, fuck it, you know, Cryptic Slaughter or the 2017 version of Cryptic Slaughter, which is, you know, you and some dudes that have talent and you've been around, but like, you know, maybe as a headliner, you're selling out a thousand caps, right? You know, and like, no, you roll in with freaking Ozzy Osbourne, (laughs) like, you know. Everybody knows that shit. I'm sure the crowd is just, you know, they might not even know that they know it, but they're four beers deep and then they hear freaking, you know, Sweet Leaf or something and they're just like, do you guys play that or do you only play Ozzy songs? <laughs> Shows my ignorance of... Uh... No, we play both. Okay. Yeah. I thought so, but I didn't want to get outed by our loyal listeners to, to you know, tell everybody think that I'm a poser, dude. You know? <laughs> Don't know my Ozzy shit, but that's dope. And that's cool, and, and I hope you have fun, and I, and I hope you survive. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into our uh, yeah, musician social skills, which um, I, I will not be practicing much of later tonight in uh, Sturgis. Um, but uh, number one, how to network. Now, network is something that we've talked about a lot on the show. So how to network. Learn how to shake a hand, make straw, strong eye contact, and dress well for a business event. Attending networking events can help you connect with alumni and professionals in your chosen field. When you attend a networking event, set a goal of having two or three meaningful conversations about your experience and goals for the future. Yeah, you know, real quick, and and I should back up one second because I anytime I talk about you know college, I've spoken at a number of colleges, as I'm sure you have, and you know, like what I always try to tell people is, you know, most of my smartest friends actually dropped out of high school, like because they were just too smart for this freaking system. They couldn't tolerate it. Their creative, intelligent, you know, brains wouldn't allow them to sit there and listen to anybody in high school, let alone college. Now, mind you, you and I are from a generation where there weren't a bazillion other options, right? You couldn't go get an online degree. You couldn't do so many of the creative things. But my my point is that, like, even though I have a college degree, I don't I don't consider it any real measure of intelligence. But as a guy who's employed many people, my favorite employees typically have a college degree, and why? Because they learn skill the skills of what it takes to actually be in the business. You know, certain things like showing up on time, you know, stuff that you and I take for granted because we just either have done it or have learned to do it. You know, things like you're saying, like these simple things. And and I've hired some people and worked with people, co-managed bands with people that were so incredibly creative, but didn't have these simple skills. And so once they got sucked into the business side of things, once it was like, you know, I'm no your your role is no longer to be the guy who's adding you know a thousand friends on MySpace every day. Your role is now to try to be in the business. They failed miserably because they didn't have the social awareness and the skill set of these things. Many of these things that I imagine they'll talk about. So, long-winded disclaimer slash intro is you don't have to go to college, but these are the things that are really cool that that you and I both know. So networking. I mean, I don't, I thank God I was networking long before I even knew what networking was. You know, I was 
And in the hardcore scene, they called them scenesters. You know, it was like the dudes in the scene that were doing shit. You know, sometimes they were dropping names and being little D-bags. And I'm sure I was guilty of that as well. But like I was connected and I wanted to be connected with other people who were connected. So, you know, when I was trading tapes with a kid in Minneapolis when he was in college and I was in college, I had no clue who was going to be the guy that went on to freaking have Ferret Records, which is a massive, you know, at one point was a massive label. And I'm managing Misery Signals. And I can get through to this guy because I've known him for 15 years. You know, yeah, that's networking. And so all of you out there, I mean, what I say in my coaching classes where we've got people, you know, in a room together. And what I say when I go to colleges and speak is like, you're already networking, you know, and it shouldn't feel like it's work. It should feel like you're having cool, organic conversations about what you've got going on and taking a genuine interest in what someone else has going on. And I think that's a huge key to it is can't just be about me, me, me. You know, hey, I'm Mike Mowry. I'm so full of myself. I've got a million things going on. That's why, you know, when you and I talk, I ask what's going on with you because I am genuinely interested. And and through doing that, you tell me five things and I'm like, oh, crap. You know, what, you know, how, how can that fit into, to my business? If at all, sometimes it it won't, but, oh, Blasco's doing this amazing thing. You know, I think one of the early conversations you and I had, even before starting the podcast, you were like, yeah, I just, I. I jot down a bazillion ideas in my, you know, whatever my program or my notebook. And then when it's time, when that opportunity presents itself, (laughs) you look back and say, here was my ideas. And so that's a lot to me of what networking is. What about on your end? Yeah. It's it's interesting that you bring up networking before you knew what it was. And, and my similar story would be like 31, you know, years ago, or 32 years ago, I got signed to Metal Blade Records by two guys, Brian Slagle, the the owner of Metal Blade Records, and William Howe, who was the, you know, A&R guy or whatever at that point, right? Fast forward to last weekend, I ran into both those guys at Slayer, and they're my bros. And I think that the interesting part about metal and rock, especially metal, is like, Man, these dudes are still in the business. I mean, we, we were all hanging out at Slayer like 30 plus years later and have known each other the whole time. You know why? Because if you're into metal, you're not you're not into metal for like one summer when it was cool. Like you're in you're you carve Slayer in your arm with the razor blade. Like metalheads are lifers, you know? And and uh and so I just thought that that was that was an interesting uh idea that you brought up is like you know, networking before you knew that it was networking and, and here it is. And these people are, you know, still your friends and, and, and you're still making and you're having conversations with them, you know, and, and you're digging into their business and talking shop with them, you know, and cats. But, you know, most, <laughs> most, most, well, mostly business. Well, right. And, and you know, so we're fortunate. I mean, this is make dry, you know, make strong eye contact learn how to shake a hand and dress well for a business event. Thankfully for you and I, a business event, you know, is, you know, a Slayer concert. Yeah. Jeans and a (laughs) t-shirt, you know, and if I go on to wear my hair down, you know, like there isn't really an attire uh, other than, you know, whatever the attire is that you and I normally wear. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I don't need somebody crushing my hand, but I like to know that there's a live body on the other end of the freaking hand that I'm shaking. And eye contact, you know, these are, they're the very simple things that will make people feel as if you are engaged with them. 
and you should be engaged with them. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, I think it's interesting to have two or three meaningful conversations. I was having this conversation because I'm about to go later this month to uh, a podcast conference called Podcast Movement. It's going to be in Anaheim, California this year. Last year was in Chicago. And I went because obviously I'm in the podcast game and was like, you know what? Let me just go see what other people are doing. And I didn't know. I ended up knowing two people there. One was a podcast host who had a show on Jabberjaw. And the other was my buddy Ray Harkins, who um, runs 100 Words or Less podcast, has been around forever and works for a company that had a presence there. Other than them, and they all had their own agendas, like I was there by my own. And for the first time, you know, now if I go to South By or you go to that Slayer show, I mean, you and I might be quote unquote networking some new stuff, but really we're keeping up most of our existing relationships, you name it. So it was really interesting for me. I had to be that guy that was like, you know what? There's a table of people sitting right over there. I got no reason to not just walk over, introduce myself and ask them what the hell they're doing. You know, what podcast do you have or what network are you running or what solution are you providing? And it was awesome. I met some really cool people and I'm excited. You know, now my network and the podcast world is just a tad bit wider. I probably know 10 people going this year. And I expect, you know, using that if I knew two people and now I know 10, I'm expecting to walk in there the following year knowing at least 50 people. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that uh, is super, super, super important. And I guess my last bit is you you can't force it, right? It can't be unnatural. And I think that's why you and I probably have done well in our lives and in, and in this business because I know on my end, I genuinely like connecting with people, so it never feels forced. Yeah, I, this is a perfect segue into number two, which we probably won't need to dig too deeply into, but how to leverage relationships. As you network and make connections, you'll need to know how to draw upon them to build your career. Keep track of the people you've met, how you can help them, and how they can help you. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And there are exceptions to this rule, but I think most people want to help other people, right? They get some gratification out of it. It's like, you know, I can't count the number of times I was on tour pre-GPS and somebody was afraid to ask somebody for directions. You know, because they were like, you know, I don't know. I can't talk to them. I was like, dude, everybody wants to help. You know, have you ever been asked for directions? I mean, that doesn't happen anymore. But if you did and, and you know, have you ever been asked and then you say, F you, man, you know, I'm not giving you directions. <laughs> Get lost. I don't know what time you know, it's it like, is. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> precisely. And so I sort of approach, you know, and of course now there's bandwidth and, you know, but but like I think the reason I do what I do, you know, which is work with artists, developing bands, work with developing, you know, do all the stuff is I like to help people. You know, I get some sick psycho, you know, gratification out of helping. I mean, I hope that it helps me as well, but I really do take pleasure in helping other people. And I have found that, you know, most people are also like that. There are some people that are like, no, I have my castle and I built this moat around it. And I don't give a crap about what you're doing on the outside and I don't want you inside. Um, and unfortunately those people do exist and they kind of suck. Um, but they got their own prerogative, but yeah, I mean, I think you do, this is great about as you network, make those connections and know how, you know, to draw on these people, um, you know, throughout your career. Yeah. Uh, moving on. This is a, uh, this is a big one for me. We should actually probably just do an entire episode on this one. Um, how to write 
effective emails. Strong written communication skills are essential in the real world. Being able to write a clear email or cover letter is a must to get the door open. No one wants to read long or poorly written emails in the workplace. Use exclamation points sparingly and never write in all capitals. This should fit into here, but but maybe not. But it's my funniest story with email, which was when I first started working with Darkest Hour and they were on Victory. And, you know, of course, Ban gets a manager. And so manager is, you know, wide-eyed and bushy tails and says, well, now that I'm going to get paid, I got to make something happen, right? So, of course, I get their laundry list of things that need to happen. And I write, you know, probably a 12-paragraph email to the owner of Victory and whoever his staff were at the time. <laughs> you know, very well written, very well thought out, not incredibly effective. effective. <laughs> Why? Because I got a one-line response. <laughs> and as I've gone, I realized that that is what happens. Busy people, you know, email is a, is a challenging medium in a lot of ways. And some people use it like uh, texting or like instant messaging or, you know, I mean, literally their conversation is no, yes, hello, goodbye, talk to you then, you know, whatever. But the way to cut through that, especially if you're trying to, you know, email is a great way to um, lay something out for somebody. Like here is what it is, you know, mm-hmm. and whether that's, hey, Blasco, uh, you know, this is what, why I want the next podcast to look like, or hey, Blasco, you know, I saw this great idea, whatever. I don't find it as the best method of like open conversation. What's your experience with it and, and ways to, to work with, you know, being clear and effective? Yeah, well, I mean, that, a couple that. of things on this subject. One, the people that email us for the podcast. Like those have all been great. Like it's just like, hey, I really love the show. Um, I, I I'm curious about this, right? And and we cover it. And and those are you know heavily accepted. And I feel that everyone that has written to us has been you know has it's it's a well written email. The other thing that we're talking about here is cold emailing people like Mike and I with your with your band stuff of how you're looking for a manager to, you know, scale up your, your, your career and a manager's going to take you to the next level or whatever. Those are the kind of emails that I think we need to have a, like a separate episode about because those, um, those are never well-written and like you can, you, you can tell they're copy and pasted and they sent them to a bunch of other people. So, so, you know, it's just kind of like, and then the information on there, it's always kind of like, me, me, me. It's not about, it's like not understanding that they're talking to busy people that are running a business. It's just like, how can you help my business? Not how I can help your wannabe business, you know? Um, so, so I think that's a topic, but the third thing I will say about this is I've noticed that I've been picking up the phone a lot more and, that is something that I think that I'm going to practice to do more because I just feel like emails are starting to get like just annoying. Like it's like it takes like multiple back and forths to get to one point about one thing whenever, man, I could just pick up the phone. It's like I feel like people are scared to pick up the phone these days. And um, I've been uh, confronting 
that and just picking up the phone more. And I, and I feel like I'm getting better results from that. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And, you know, I can't count the number of times where I'll, you know, I'll send a second or third email, you know, to somebody I know. And I realize everybody's busy. And most of the time when somebody's busy, I mean, all of us who are busy, we respond to things that we want to respond to, you know, like that, that is the truth. We don't necessarily respond to everything. Some people do. Um, but some people just let the stuff that they don't want to answer, um, or don't care to answer or don't have an answer. They just let it go. So when you call them, you at least have a much better chance of getting that answer, you know, but there's so many times that people here, you know, in my office, I'm like, where are we with that? Well, I sent, I sent them a third email. Well, obviously that isn't working. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. that, <laughs> I don't care how well written it was. I don't care how, you know, whatever that is not working. Pick up the phone and you're right. You do get, you do get much better results. I mean, e email is convenient because we can send them at all hours, um, and people can read them at their convenience and sometimes connecting with people on the phone is challenging, but yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Um, phone is much preferred, um, for, for a dialogue. If, if I need something for real, if I need a favor, well, as we look back at how to leverage those relationships, that's a phone call. Yeah. You know? And that's a perfect segue into the next line item, how to make small talk. That seemingly awkward banter is the key to building meaningful relationships. Instead of asking what someone does at work, make your questions more specific. For example, try asking, what's the coolest thing you've worked on in the past three months? And when someone asks you a question, give an interesting answer. Tell the story around your achievements. Hey, Blasco, did you see that uh, Danzig's house is for sale? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <With that>. yeah. <laughs> which one? He had, which one? He has two. Yeah, the, the old one with the pile of bricks out front is it, that used to have is the it, pile of bricks. Man, I can't imagine how much he's going to win on that one because he's probably owned that thing for, I don't know, 20 years maybe, and he probably bought it for like nothing. And now that area is completely totally gentrified and super high end he oh man he's getting he's getting he doesn't even need to do a misfits reunion now once he sells that place so <laughs> so i guess the listing was 1.2 mil um and and i saw yesterday on metal sucks there's an indiegogo campaign to turn it into like a museum um, <laughs> wow but anyways guys that's small talk you know that's if i run into belasco you know at a show Hey, dude, you know, whatever. After the those pleasantries, then that's our little small talk right there. I mean, I didn't have to ask him what's the coolest thing he's worked on because, you know, we've done a, more episodes than that. But that was something that was of interest to me that I'd seen. And I, I knew you, you know, have an interest in Danzig and you live in L.A. and you would know about the gentrification. And so, yeah, there it is. That's small talk. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think in relation to this, it's like if there's someone – you know, like Mike and I, and we're like at a show or at a convention, like a podcast convention or launch or, you know, one of those or whatever. And you want to approach us just so you know, we are approachable guys, but I, this is like in reference to that moment, like, you know, it's cool to roll up on us or whatever, but please just like, don't hand me your CD. Like, like, let's shoot the shit. Like, you know, I mean, like, like keep it real. You know what I mean? Nah, you're exactly right. I mean, and, and part of that is doing some research and we've talked about this in past episodes and other places. It's like, you know, do some research on the person that you want to talk to. You know, you and I are constantly trying to 
you know, leverage things to get our bands in better positions or our own careers in better positions. And there's times that, you know, we, it might seem like we know everybody, but we are, you know, relatively medium sized fish in a relatively medium sized pond. Um, there's some big, you know, players out there that at times I, you know, I need something out of them and I've tried to find something that they're interested in so I can lead that with that conversation. Um, you know, I try to find something that genuinely I have an interest in too. So when they ask me a question back about it, <laughs> you know, I can talk intelligently, but, um, yeah. so I think you're right. It's like, well, if you, you know, if you're trying to get the attention of Blasco, figure out that he's, you know, something that's, that he's actually going to engage in a conversation with you about. Right. Which would easily be my cats. Um, Absolutely. Which, which is what happens <laughs> all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And just to reiterate what I was saying earlier, uh, I'm not saying uh, to not hand me your CD because I don't want to hear your music. Like I want to hear your music, man. I like music is my life, but I'm saying specifically, I don't want you to hand me a CD because it's not convenient. Like there's nowhere for me to put it. Uh, I have nowhere to play it. There's not a CD player in my car or in my computer. Like it's the C the CD handoff has just become an inconvenient way to share your music. So maybe as a suggestion, make business cards like with your link on it. Maybe maybe carry fucking download cards. Um, uh, you know, fucking d DM me or, on Instagram. Yeah, or yeah. Or develop a technology so when you give that first initial handshake and look Blasco in the eyes, you can shoot your music <laughs> into his into his eyeballs. Yeah. And he won't have to do any work, and his brain will figure out when to play it that's convenient for him. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, I can't wait for it. Dude, those days will be here before we know it, sadly. <laughs> no doubt. Um, and then the final thing here, how to set realistic expectations. Undergraduates need to learn to set realistic expectations for their professional growth and development, and this is trickier than it seems. Soon-to-be graduates need to understand that they will not instantaneously have the title, compensation, or responsibility that tenured employees have. But I want it all, and I want it now, and God damn it, I've earned it. Um, I mean, we talked a lot about this in in, in some ways in you know, defining what success is, which is one of our more recent episodes. Um, and I think this applies, you know, across the board. It's like, not only do you have to figure out what your measures of success are, but yeah, you've got to be realistic in your expectations. Um, I talk all the time about the rule and then the exception, you know, cause I'll get bands that are like, but this band took off, you know, on their first album. That's what we call the exception gentlemen or ladies. Look at 99% of the bands that it took until minimum of album three for them to really get some traction, you know, and many of them even longer. So understand that you might think your music's the greatest thing in the world. And I hope you do, because otherwise you sh really shouldn't be making it. But, you know, thing, there's a process with everything and things take time. So you replace undergraduates with developing artists in this sentence. And I think you... You know, you've hit that nail as firmly on the head as, as, or squarely on the head as anyone could. No doubt. Well, folks, that concludes episode 31. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. 
we encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. Because, hey, people, we do the show for you. Consider it a tool for understanding this ever so challenging and confusing business of music. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? You can get at me on the Instagrams and the Twitters at Mike O'Loop. Uh, we do want to hear from you guys, and as we stated in the last episode, episode 30, if there's any articles out there that you see that you'd like us to dialogue on, that would be a clear and effective way to drop an email to us to say, you know, hey, what do you guys think on this topic? Um, since that's mostly the format of what we're doing. Um, as I state each and every week, please find a way to rate us and review us on wherever you are listening to podcasts. And my Outer Loop coaching platform, as always, is is got a bazillion things going on. We've launched a new course that's really interesting called OK the EPK. And so in my 60 Days to Signable, we talked about all the assets that you need and then how to get them into an easily presentable format. Um, so that's what was the EPK. And now this is if you've gotten there or if you haven't gone through 60 Days to Signable, this is your way to get real-time or I don't know about real time, but real feedback from me and my team here because my team is an integral part of what we do. Um, and it's really cool and exciting, and I'm, I'm already stoked. We've got, I think, five or ten bands that have already jumped at this opportunity. So head on over to OuterLoopCoaching.com to find out more information. And uh, other than that, bro, I hope Sturgis, well, I guess by the time this airs, Sturgis will have happened. It will have been a blast. And... Uh, on the next episode. Hopefully we get to hear all about it. (laughs) Hell yeah. Thanks everybody. Peace. Hey everybody. Once again, it is Mike Mowry, the co-host from the other coast. And I wanted to let you know about our latest outer loop coaching product, OK, the EPK. It's an 11-point spot check of your electronic press kit by me and my team here at Outer Loop. Every element of your EPK is analyzed, reviewed, and corrections are suggested, both big and small, before you use your EPK to pitch to labels, booking agents, managers, or media. Suggested adjustments will be prioritized so you can make your EPK undeniable to the industry with limited resources in the shortest amount of time possible. OK, the EPK is your opportunity to get your EPK ready for a great first impression before it's too late. I will personally talk you through the results and give my stamp of approval and review every single element of your EPK, tell you what you need to do and how you should do it so you know what the industry will think before it's even had the chance. OK, the EPK is here now. Please go to OuterLoopCoaching.com for more information. Thank you. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. 
Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>